Welcome to The Alignment Show, featuring conversations with folks who have taken steps to identify their highest values and align their lives around them. Time on this earth is not unlimited, and you may be seeking to make sure you spend your time on things that matter to you. These conversations will encourage you and support you in doing so. Now, let's meet this week's guest on The Alignment Show. And a good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to this week's edition of The Alignment Show. My name is Don King. I am known as the Confidence Cultivator, and we have conversations here each week with people who have looked at what matters to them the most and taken steps to bring their life into alignment. Before we get to our guest this week, I do want to say that this week's episode is once again sponsored by me, uh, Don King. Uh, as an author, I am working on a, uh, a book right now. It is your three-year-old why. We are just about done with the first draft. Now, there's still quite a bit more work to do on it, but we've had readers following along all along with the process. If you would like to be part of that, it's on the screen here. And for those of you listening audio only, you can go to donaldking.com. That's D-O-N-N-E-L-L-K-I-N-G.com slash 3YO. That's the number three and the letters YO. You can see what's going on with that, uh, get some special perks as early readers, and be part of our community. So we would be happy to have you along on that ride. So this week's guest is somebody I've gotten to know through uh, the professional speaking community, a uh, member of the National Speakers Association, relatively new holder of the uh, certified speaking professional designation. This is one of the rare uh, accomplishments among members of the National Speakers Association. Um, and gosh, I, I could give you a formal introduction to Frank, but I just got to tell you, I relate to Frank because he has worked in higher education. He has been working to achieve his dream, and he, uh, he, he took circumstances that for a lot of us would throw us uh, for a loop. Uh, you, you, those of you who know me know one of my running jokes is it's sort of like what Microsoft might say. It's not a bug. It's a feature. Uh, Frank took some difficult circumstances and capitalized on them. So without getting into it any further, because we're going to hear Frank's backstory, let's bring on stage Frank Kitchen. Frank, welcome to The Alignment Show. Hey, good morning, Don. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. I really appreciate you coming on here. It's a real honor. And uh, uh, I don't think I've said it to you before, Frank, but you're one of those people that as I look at what you have done, uh, I would like to be you when I grow up. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's a real honor to have you on here. So uh, we gave a little bit of here. <laughs> we gave a little bit of background there. Um, I think your current situation began with what would throw a lot of people for a real loop. That is, not only did you get fired, <laughs> how, how long had you been in the profession you were in? You got fired, and then what else was going on in your life at that time? Yeah, so uh, I had stepped up to be a professional speaker, but I didn't really understand the business side of it, so I was kind of to be honest with everybody here, it was my, my side job for about 
eight or nine years. So it was, it was a way to bring in extra income. But I was telling the world, I'm a professional speaker. And, you know, I, I really wasn't. I'm like, I was doing it, you know, more on the side. I had work coming in, but it was like, you know, sporadic. And I said, told myself, you know, I, I am a man of God. I just that year when uh, New Year's came around, I said, you know what? This is the year that was 2015. I'm like, this is the year I'm going to be a full time speaker. You know, God helped me out. New Year's resolutions, goals just went full bore. And then I really didn't put the work into it. And I was working for a company and I'm like, you know what? Let me just focus here. I got a family to take care of. And then Father's Day weekend, I got called in for a lunch meeting Thought I was going in for a promotion or a raise. I was going to go visit clients. And they go, sorry, Frank, this isn't working. And we're going to go in a new direction and we're going to have to let you go. And I got fired and it got fired. And it was Father's Day weekend. And my wife was six and a half months pregnant with our second child. And we're going to her parents that weekend. And I got to walk into her parents' house and go, hey, yeah, you know, the the baby's doing good. Your third grandchild's on the way. I have no job now. I got fired. I want to be a professional speaker. I mean, that's that's where it all started. Oh, my goodness. And I mean, if, if you're like so many people working in the speaking profession, uh, it's probably kind of hard to tell the in-laws what exactly is involved in that. I mean, t- tell us about some of the rest of that conversation. Did they encourage you to do something else instead? Yeah, well, I mean, so most people at that point were always saying, you know, get a real job. Mm-hmm. But uh, ultimately, when I was driving, we were driving from Phoenix, Arizona to Albuquerque, New Mexico. We're driving, I'm talking with my wife, and I'm having some reflection going, how did I get here? And I recognized that it was me. It was, it was my mindset. And I share often on stage, I go, the person who, you know, controls you living your dream looks at you in the mirror every day. The person who has that most impact. And I recognized I kept telling people or saying to people, hey, I'm a speaker. And I, w- I would talk the game, but I really wasn't living it. I wasn't, you know, putting the work in as far as making phone calls, sending out emails. I'd actually book speakers and performers at that point for about 10 years. And I didn't even call my friends and contacts. So when I got a chance to really talk with my wife and go, hey, give me one year full commitment and dedication to doing this. And then she looked at me and said some scary words. And she goes, take my dad with you. And when she says, take my dad with you, the, the point was I had signed up for a speaker showcase in Albuquerque that week. And the thing was, I'd known her father now. We'd been married for several years. So I'd known him for about eight years at this point. He'd never really seen me speak, you know, in person. So she goes, yeah, take my dad to the showcase with you. And it's not scary enough to have your father-in-law, you know, in the room with you. I'm also speaking at a youth leadership conference. So I've got, you know, about 150, 200 high school student leaders in a room. And, you know, those kids will tell you, you suck in a heartbeat. And I've got my father-in-law in the background. So, so that was the piece. But uh, to, to advance the story, the ultimate piece was uh, fear was holding me back. I was too worried about all these other opinions and judgments. And when the speech was over, I went to talk to my father-in-law and he goes, let's go home and talk about this. So those are scary words there. I assumed I was in trouble because, you know, he had been a marketing executive PR guy at the phone company. So he takes me back to his house and to kind of lighten the load, there were a couple speakers at the conference there with me. So I invited them to come back home to dinner with me because I figured if I'm surrounded by people, he won't go as hard on me <laughs> with his opinion. So when we're sitting in this backyard, he's uh, asking me questions, asking the other speakers questions. And then he finally just looks at me and he goes, Frank, this is what you're born to do. I love what I saw. What can we do to help you? I mean, mm-hmm. and that became the piece there. Uh, he had been, you know, sharing some ideas with me before going, Hey, Frank, you got to look out for yourself. You know, you're only responsible for yourself. So he's like, you know, handle it. But then he goes, what can we do? So ultimately with that point, knowing that I've got his backing, got my wife's backing, 
you know, it sounds funny. You and I were talking off off screen here. I made phone calls. Everybody goes, hey, everybody, I've been fired, you know, like with the excitement. I'm like, I was like, today's my day. It's like, I'm going to launch the business. I need your help. And the funny thing was, that was the, the kickoff to my full-time career. Within a week of just making phone calls, I actually booked out a week's worth of speaking. I mean, mm-hmm. so it's just showing if you put the full effort into something, you're fully dedicated or committed to it. That's where it starts. And I've been a full-time speaker ever since. And uh, yesterday was the uh, eight-year anniversary. Eight-year eight anniversary. Wow. Happy anniversary. Hey, thank you. <laughs> Oh, my. Well, I, the, there's a number of things that this calls out for me. Um, uh, let's I, I had asked you a question in preparation. Let's put that out there. I think a lot of folks in your situation would have just immediately started making phone calls, but looking for another job because that's what was familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I have an idea of why the answer was different yeah. for you. But let's put that out there explicitly. Why didn't you just start? sending out resumes, making phone calls, drawing on your experience, because you had quite a bit of experience at what you had been doing in the J-O-B. Yeah. So to be honest, at this point, I'm in my 40s and I'm going, okay, I'm I'm a I'm a risk, you know, for a lot of companies. I'm like, I left my college position to go start my own business. So that that's a red flag there. Uh, This had been the fourth time that I'd lost a job in about a five year span. And none of it was because of performance. Most of the time, it was just because of some other circumstance, either company shut down for money. I was the last person in. So I'm going like, okay, maybe I'm meant to work with people, not for people. I've been talking about this dream for a while, but in all reality, I had to start following the advice I've been giving to clients and coaching with people, which was, okay, if I go look for a job, guess what? By the time they go through the interview process, maybe hire me on, start the paycheck, it's going to probably be six to eight weeks before I ever find a job. And everybody's telling me, hey, go find a job. So, you know, I reached out to a few people. I'm not going to lie, but there's like nothing coming back at that point. Then some people like, well, go to unemployment. There's more effort and work going to be put in and going to unemployment. So I'm like, it's going to take a lot of work to go and, you know, look for a job. It's going to take a lot of work to go, you know, file for unemployment. That same amount of time and effort I can go put into the speech because one phone call could probably get me a job. So I focused there. And. The, the nice part was within that first week of being fired, just say, you know, <laughs> praise the Lord, was one of the groups I'd reached out to a few months before goes, hey, Frank, we've got this leadership camp and conference. Would you be willing to speak for it? Also, we've got another week's worth of speaking end of August. Are you available? So that group actually, because they're trying to, for anybody to understand, a lot of groups when it comes to June, that's the end of their fiscal year. And what they'll do is they'll try to use that money you know, in that fiscal year, but then hire you in for the next fiscal year. So to kind of stretch that money out. So the group happened to call up and amazingly a check showed up, you know, right there. I'm like, yes. I'm like, they'll keep us afloat. And then even had a friend who goes, Hey, I drive for Uber. So for me, I was a speaker and I was also driving Uber for about six to eight months to make sure, you know, we could keep the lights on and pay the bills. Mm-hmm. So the, so the main piece was, I just, it was reality. The reality was it's going to probably take at a minimum, eight weeks to bring in an income. And I wasn't in that position of, you know, being able to wait eight weeks. My wife was a teacher. Um, her contract had to be renewed. Plus, she's six and a half months pregnant, so she's not going to be able to go out and work. So the pressure was on. And the pressure was, what's the quickest way to bring in an income? And at that point, it was speaking. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Now, and for people who are listening, uh, who have been thinking about being speakers or whatever else it might be, you know, certainly... Uh, folks who listen to this program, they're probably looking at, okay, what's my highest value? Am I not achieving that 
one of the contrasts we want to point out here is you didn't just suddenly decide, hey, I'm going to be a speaker. You, you, you had been doing this as a, as a side hustle. Yeah. Um, eight or nine years. Uh, you knew you weren't doing it at the level that you could be doing it. But on the other hand, this wasn't something that you did overnight. No, so it wasn't overnight. So I tried to explain that to people. I go, hey, you know, I had booked speakers and performers for about nine or 10 years at a college. Then my students looked at me one day and go, Frank, you challenge us to live our dreams. What are you doing to live yours? So 2007, you know, seven, eight, I stepped out to become a speaker. And the first couple of months were really good. But to be honest, I got lazy, you know, ego. And I didn't really put the full work in. I expected the work just to show up. And it doesn't work that way. So I'd have one month, you know, as a, you know, I've been a college educator. So orientation season, I was a rock star in August. But then the other 11 months of the year, work wasn't coming in. And then I started to work, like I said, a couple of different jobs. Like, okay, well, we got to bring an income in. My wife is working, bringing an income, but, you know, I've got to do my part too. We've got bills to pay, lights to keep on. So I'd go work for some couple of different companies and I'd try to take vacation time or days off to go and speak. And I wasn't, like I said, putting in the full effort. I was trying to serve two masters there and it just wasn't working. So at that point, when I did get fired, I'm like, okay, well, I've been pretty good getting work in on the side. What would happen if I put the full effort and I, I joke around on stage. I told you like, well, Hey, it's like, I just go, Hey, if I could just have enough, have more time. <laughs> yeah. When I got fired, I had more time. So the case was it's sink or swim time. And I was like, I'll put a year in. And if that year doesn't work, then it's not meant to be. Mm. But when I put that time in and I said, I've been giving advice to all these other performers and speakers for years, but I wasn't following my own advice. It's, it's always difficult to follow our own advice. It's, easier to help somebody else than to help ourselves. So I just started to put that full effort into me and, you know, rely on the, you know, the people around me, other speakers, performers, business people started to ask them. So I started to use the resources. So as you said, it didn't just happen overnight. It was a case of I had to go through a lot of pain and trials and said, okay, well, that way doesn't work. Let's go in the other direction. And let's go in the direction of the advice you've been giving people. Like my wife will always tell me, she goes, can you do what you're teaching other people? And that's that's the simplest point. I've been given all this advice away, but I wasn't applying and taking it for myself. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and again, oh, there's three or four things coming to mind here. Uh, part of it is be careful what you ask for, you know, but, yep. because you, you you had prayed for this. And so it's yep. like, okay, if, if I'm going to give you a little help here. Mm-hmm. Um, we do note that you you had the support system. You had your wife asking, can you do what you're advising other people to do? Uh, you had your father-in-law who understood PR and marketing. Uh, yep. Boy, I understand that trepidation, you know, but at the same time, this is not somebody who's going to say, oh, you need to have a fallback position, you know, whatever. Do you have advice for people who might be listening who maybe don't have that quite that level of support and yet they are aware that they're not pursuing what they're put here on earth to do. Yeah. So the first one is let's be honest. We're going to be transparent in the interview. I had a lot of people who said, go get a job. I mean, that was, you know, you need to go get some real work, go get a real job. So that group didn't necessarily understand, you know, what was going on or I hadn't even shared enough with them to let them understand where I was. So that was the the one group. So you've got that group there. And most of those people, I'll say, when we looked at who we surround ourselves with, a lot of those people out of their own personal fear, are always going to use the word I, I wouldn't do that. I couldn't do this. And you have to listen and really recognize that they're trying to put their mindset, their perceptions, their experience, their filter on you. So you have to understand that one. The people who I surrounded myself with, 
and this is part of you know my doing was I had shared enough of what I was doing and opened them in and gave them an understanding because there's right, wrong, and understanding. So I start to understand, and I had to let them see, and this is what I do now to this day was, oh, wait a second, let me, instead of just talking about, let me let people see what it is. So what I did was, I'm like, okay, who are the people who support me? They're not the people who tell me yes, so you don't want the yes men, and they're not the people who put me down or try to put you know, water on my fire. Who are the people who are always honest with me? They'll let me know when I'm wrong. And when I'm doing something well, I like to call these taste testers. So obviously my last name is Kitchen. We're going to have a lot of kitchen puns. But I called up all the, the taste testers in my life. So it was my wife, uh, my, my father-in-law, my best friend, Scott, my friend, Roger, who was a speaker, uh, my friend, uh, Ron, who ran, ran a print shop, uh, my friend, Kevin, who's like, you know, a, you know firefighter. I, I reached out to all these people. And I let them know what my situation was because I knew they understood me and they, they would be honest and real with me. And most go, hey, your number one priority is take care of your family. So my friend Ron, you know, he goes, hey, when I'm not working my print shop and company, I drive for Uber. He's like, that's a quick way for you to get some money in. He's like, you've got to get income. So, OK, there. My friend Kevin saying, hey, you know, focus on a solution. He's like, don't worry about getting back at the company or boss. He's like, that's just going to take you take you in another direction that you don't need to go in. All right. Boom. My friend Scott, every time our school year opens up, we bring in a speaker. I can share your name. So all the people who are offering input, feedback, and advice, you know, call to several speakers. And they go, hey, it's like, are you putting together a list of speakers? There's a, uh, my good friend Joe. Joe came to that backyard that night and goes, hey, I can share leads with you from people that I've spoken. So you have to be around people who are offering you solutions and advice. And I always will share. If there's people around you who are offering advice, that means they care about you. If people aren't saying anything or they're in a point of in a telling mode, then you, you got to kind of filter that out. And when you ask the question like, well, Frank, what if you don't have this network? We actually do. And the network is think about the people who are in your life and say, hey, here's my obstacle. Here's my challenge right now. Do you know of anybody who, you know, is an expert in this field? Do you know somebody who's got an expertise who'd be willing to help me out? You can do that. I mean, we're in this world right now where we are one click away from getting the answers that we need. I mean, we watch people, we pull our phones out, we scroll, and we're looking at people on social media, pieces there. It's like, why not reach out to them? Why not, you know, observe from them? We can go find, you know, some books. Or as I told people, it's like, if you can't find a great culture to help you grow, then you can create it. And quite simply, there's like, you hear masterminds and groups and people have you pay. I didn't have any money. So what I did was I called up my friends, a couple of friends, and I go, hey, there's a coffee shop down the street. I need to grow this business. You guys are all business owners. Let's meet up. And some of the people I knew, some people I kind of knew, and we just started our own little group where we would share, here's our struggles, and they would offer advice and input, and like we just help each other out. I mean, so that's the case of if you can't find it, you just got to go out and build it. Okay, so wherever you are, you can make use of your circumstances. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's, there's always somebody. I mean, like right now, Don, you, you've, if people are watching this right now and they're going through a tough time, Obviously, you're going to put up your contact information. We have your website. And someone might reach out like, hey, Don, I'm going through this tough time. Do you know of anybody? Oh, let me connect you with my friend, Frank. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it sounds simple, but it's as simple as that. Like I said, we're, we're one click away. You and I are in the phone book generation. I'm like, if we're going to try contacting somebody, you got to pull up the phone book. You got to find it. Now you got to find their address. We've got Google University right now. We can go Google just about anybody. We can follow people on social media and we can actually reach out. We can play up to those people's vanity and just say, hey, you know what? I'm going through this struggle. Uh, do you, you know, can you assist me? Do you know of anybody who can assist me? Because we're just one click or one person away from reaching that success that we want. 
Indeed. You know, in fact, while I think about it, I'm going to put a QR code up here on the screen for people to be able to get to your website because uh, there's yeah. no doubt there's going to be people listening to us who would like to follow up. Uh, and those of you who are listening audio only, and you can't see that QR code. Uh, it's really easy to find. You can go to frankkitchen.com. That's kitchen just like your kitchen that you cook in, frankkitchen.com. And so uh, we'll share that again a little bit later because we want folks to be able to follow up with you. But uh, let's see, there was something else I was thinking of there in terms of advice. One other bit of advice, or maybe we've kind of implied this already, you know, that is don't just jump and quit tomorrow. You know, no. you, 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 got, you got fired and it was a surprise, but then on the other hand, in a way, you had been preparing for this for yeah. a while. So those yeah. of you out there who are thinking, I want to make a change, start making those preparations now. Uh, and one thing I heard you say, in fact, Frank, you said, I'll give myself a year. And if it yeah. doesn't work after that, then, you know, I can go uh, another route or whatever. You can do little test markets, so to speak, and see whether this is something that you want to do. See whether it's viable. Do you have advice for people along those lines? Yeah, I mean, the, the big piece is, uh, as far as advice, is, you know, people say ha have a backup plan. I wouldn't necessarily call it a backup plan, but it's having a confidence in yourself. So for me, I, I had worked in retail. And to be honest, there's, there's always a, a retail job to go. So I was like, I knew I had that ability. I also knew I had a good network of friends where it's like if I had to, I could reach out. So in the past, when I'd lost work, I reached out to that network and they reached out around for me and they recommended work. And that's how I had gotten my last two jobs before that by reaching out to the network. So I knew confidence wise, like, OK, it's like I'm going to be able to find work. You know, the scary part was my wife and like and it's, it was a backup was my wife goes, hey, we may have to move in with my parents. I knew that was an option, was an option that I wanted, but I knew, quote, there's somewhat of a safety net there. I'm like, I never really had a problem finding work, but it was finding the work that I wanted. Oh. So I knew that part was there. But at the same point, I'm like, okay, at my age, at this time, at the point I was, uh, you know, 41, 42, was I'm like, okay, it's like, this is the last chance to go for this. If not, the direction is going to be, quote, the nine to five. And the advice for me was I needed to spend time around the people who weren't in nine to five jobs. I was looking to become an entrepreneur. So I was volunteering out a nonprofit that helps entrepreneurs start. I started to reach out to all my friends who were speakers and business owners and ask if they could share their recipe, their blueprint on what I needed to do. I needed to filter out the nine to five because the nine to five people were all go get a job, go get a job. And I'm like, but that's not what I'm looking for. So the case was I needed to seek the advice and the knowledge of the people who were in the areas I wanted to be in. And that, you know, as you said, who do you surround yourself with? That helped me know, like, okay, here's the, the pitfalls that could happen. Here's what you're going to have to do. Here's the, the work. So you have to want to surround yourself by a great group. But then the other part is you have to be able to be willing to ask for questions, ask for help, seek that advice. And not only, you know, listen to the advice, but you have to apply that advice and that's what sped up the process for me, because for years I was trying to do it on my own. I don't need other people. I can do this. But they talk about the self-help section. I was trying to self-help myself. No, nobody does anything by themselves. Like the reason I'm here is there's probably about at least 10 or 20 people who help me behind the scenes. Hmm. So you can see what's going on. So I said, I've got a really good support group, but it's something that I had to recognize like, oh, I have to build. And that's what many people like you taught me. Like, hey, Frank, who is that support group around you to help you out? You can't do this all by yourself. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and this but before we run out of time, I want to be sure that we share it with people some of the resources that you make available to help people make those kind of decisions. Let's mm-hmm. see here. Here is your website. I think I've got it. Yep, there it is. There it is. Okay. So frankkitchen.com and, and point out here, there's a lot of stuff in this menu over here. You can find yep, out so, about <laughs> I like how you use that menu. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. the, the idea is, you know, we're all going to make our own mistakes and I don't want people to go through the pain that I went through. <laughs> go create your, your own areas. So for me, I tell people, it's like, I work as a fundraiser, a coach and a keynote speaker. All the information is on there. So I'll MC and help be an auctioneer for fundraising events to help nonprofits change communities. I will coach people on how to be a professional speaker, how to improve their public speaking. And then I'm a keynote speaker where I speak on workplace culture and how that impacts our mindset. So for me, I sampled probably about 20 or 30 different occupations before I became a speaker. And I started to understand the ones that had great cultures, great leadership, they actually allowed me to thrive and you know grow. The ones that had poor leadership, poor cultures, that's when I got fired and lost my jobs. So I share that now on stage, but also on the web page as you're going through showing the programs and you click up in the upper right corner, I will have interviews on there. So when I'm on other podcast interviews, like, yep, you can go through and listen to information. So it says media. Um, I put video clips on there, but there's also a link back to my YouTube channel. So YouTube, I'm popping up videos every week, once again, to help people out. So if you're looking to stimulate either your career advancement, your productivity, your profits, you're going to have that on here. I've got my blog on the website. I mean, I've got my connection, you know, points. So if you go to the website and like you said, just kind of click on here, you're going to find all the resources you need. That's going to be able to help you. As I tell people, uh, you know, just cook up this mindset, craft this mindset where you're going to focus on what you can do versus what you can't. Very good. Very good. And along those same lines, you have also recently, I believe, published a book. And yeah. so let's let's show that one here, fresh from the kitchen, 44 tasty <laughs> techniques for cooking up the professional dreams you hunger for. Yeah. Uh, you, you're really making great use of that kitchen last name, but it, it's putting it into a, a, a format that people can really understand and apply. Yes. Yes. Um, kitchen was something I ran away from years. And like I, I share off the time on stage, I told people many times to we have to get out of our own way and I will. I, I cared or I valued the opinions of people who didn't value me for way too long. And I had to recognize there's people in my life who really do care and value me. And several people are like, well, Frank, you've got this great last name. Why aren't you using it? My father-in-law is one of those people. He's like, hey, you're providing recipes. And all my friends, I told people I've turned almost 50 years of jokes now into a brand. But the idea was we always enjoy something that's fresh from the kitchen. And when I used to work in retail and train people, I used to give a newsletter to my employees called Fresh from the Kitchen. And the idea is it was giving them techniques on how they could grow as employees. So when it came time to write a book, I'm like, okay, a lot of us have fallen down, fallen on our face, but we have these professional dreams, these professional aspirations, but don't quite know how to get there. So I didn't want to say share a recipe. I just wanted to share, there's always, everybody has different techniques. So with the book, I've been writing a blog for years and some people said, Frank, why don't you write a book? I'm like, I was like, I'm not a writer. And they go, well, you've got 600 blogs up online. So when I wrote this book, I decided to write the book like a blog. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to necessarily read the book in order. But what happens is there's 44 little techniques, 44, because four is my favorite number, so I kind of doubled it there. And there's just techniques of what I use to go from being fired on Father's Day to being recognized as one of the top speakers in the world. And I share in the book early on, I'm not trying to make people into speakers, but what I'm going to do is give them the encouragement 
to say, hey, you know what? Here's my big dream and I want to turn it into reality. So mm -hmm. here's the techniques and the steps that I use to turn my big dream into reality. And I talk about surrounding yourself with the right people, you know, so having that support group of taste testers, taking care of your mental and physical health, you know, figuring out sometimes maybe working for somebody is not the ideal. You may need to go work for yourself. Um, you know, books to read, journals, like there's actually areas in the book to actually write down, you know, ideas. It's almost like a workbook. My wife is a teacher, so she goes, I love it when you write your books like a workbook. We have points to kind of like, you know, write information. And then even for the book, for me, one of my big dreams is just to be, you know, try to be the best father that I could be. So the book cover is something that was designed by my kids. So I even had people once again who came and was like, oh, you should do a better cover. Go on and do it. I'm like, my kids kind of designed that and they kind of did it on Canva. Who cares if it was on Canva? I'm like, for me, I'm looking at it and the kids are proud of it. They go share it to people. They help sell it at events. But they know that they were a part of that piece. So even that part is in the book where I'm saying, hey, it's like, you know, who are the people around you that you care and love, you know, and how are you making them a part of your dream also? Yeah, wonderful. I I, I don't think I had heard that about the book cover before. So that's just kind of kind of cool to bring them in like that. Yeah. Um, wow. Wow. Well, we're just about out of time, uh, Frank. For those of you who are listening audio, uh, I try to say things out loud, but I've also realized, you know, if you're listening to this on audio, you almost certainly have access to the, the text underneath. So we're going to have links in the show notes to all of these places that we've talked about. You can always go to confidencecultivators.com and find show notes. But before we let Frank go, uh, Frank, I always like to wind up with um, a question uh, in, in its simple form. It's there's probably something that you wish that I had asked and I didn't know enough to ask. What do you wish I had asked and what would your response to that be? What do I wish you would have asked? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a crazy one. Um, I would say what's the craziest kitchen joke that you've ever heard? <laughs> I bet you've heard a lot of them. So. I've heard a lot of them. And uh, I, I would say the craziest one that I've heard, because as I said, uh, for me, we, we always have these pieces of our life that we we're scared of or we fear, but they can actually be turned into something that's empowering. So for me, I recognize for a long time, like, okay, kitchen, people don't call me kitchen. They make fun of it, call me different rooms of the house. But ultimately, it's a conversation starter and allows me to build relationships. And people always ask questions like, oh, your last name's Kitchen. Do you cook? No. Like, do you like to cook? Yes. And that starts up a conversation. Like, that could be funny there. It's like, hey, do you own a restaurant? No. It's like, but what do you do? It's like, you know, do, do you cook? What do you do? I'm like, well, yeah. It's like, I, I, I cook up tasty results with the microphone. What do you mean by that? Oh, I'm a professional speaker. So it, it allows me to take what I perceived as a weakness and turn it into something that's a conversation starter and a relationship builder. So obviously, you know, with your show here, it's, you know, confidence cultivators, whatever's like holding you back in your life, go ahead and just change your perspective and look at it from a different angle and ask, is that holding you back or your perception of that holding you back and turn it into something that's, like I said, something that's powerful for you. I mean, because it's something who you are, it's something everybody else doesn't have. And instead of trying to be like everybody else, be the best version of yourself. So for me, as you said, Frank, you're really going into this whole kitchen thing and it's fun with it. I'm like, this has been a part of me for years. And I've even had people who've challenged me. goes like, Frank, don't you think you go a little too far into the kitchen piece? Couldn't that confuse people? And I'm like, I can never change my name. So I, was like, I might as well go into it and actually explain it so people have an understanding. And as I share with people, my last three years, even during a pandemic, have been the best in my business because 
I truly became confident in myself and who I am. I've been unapologetic for it. And the pieces, guess what? It's not only inspiring me, it's inspiring the people who are seeing me doing it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here, but uh, I like to quote an old dead Greek guy named Epictetus. Uh, he said something like, because he said it in Greek, you know, and I can't quite translate it. But a loose translation is it's not what happens to you, but what you think about what happens to you that determines your experience. And you are a living example of that, not only in terms of the big picture, the firing thing, but in a narrower area, the uh, the kitchen thing, you know, something that, should I even say this? I've made I've made use over the years of, of my name. When uh, my parents named me, they had no idea that there would be a famous boxing promoter with yes. the same name. Now, there's yes. uh, this is a little depressing, Frank. There's probably about a third to a half of the audience who no longer get the joke, you know, because I've gotten too old. Yes. But uh, I hated that when I was in high school. But I learned to say, you know, my name is Don King, you know, like like that. No, I don't know yeah. Mike Tyson. Yeah, my hair looks different. Helps yeah. me to remember you. So it, thank it you. From you. Yeah, thank you for bringing that out. Well, uh, we, we are going to wrap things up here. Don't go away. Just hang out in the green room for just a moment so I can thank you properly. Definitely. But um, uh, thank you for being with us this week. It has been a real pleasure. One, honestly, the main reason I do this podcast is because it gives me an excuse to have conversations with people I otherwise wouldn't get to have. So uh, we, we'll be with you in just a second here. Okay, so folks, as we look towards next week, our guest next week will be somebody I'm not all that familiar with. I met through a friend. Her name is Shay Butler, and she has a story to tell us. So we're going to be talking with Shay next week. Just a little reminder that you can get the show notes at confidencecultivators.com. We've got a, a QR code up over here. We've got QR codes up everywhere, I think. But we want to be sure that people can get this information, especially um, make contact with Frank if you can. In any case, uh, we are wrapping up this week's edition of The Alignment Show. We hope that you have found it useful, that it will be a way to help you to live your values and value your life. That's it for this week's episode of The Alignment Show. What has it inspired you to do in your own life? Whatever it is, take action now and take the first step. It will help you to talk with a friend about what you're thinking. Share confidencecultivators.com to spread the goodness. And remember to live your values and value your life. We will see you next week on The Alignment Show.